Welcome to the Eye on Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. We're here with Dr. Josh Funk, who is the founder of Rehab to Perform, and you are we're right here in your brand new Annapolis office. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Well, first of all, congratulations and welcome to Annapolis. Thank you. Enjoying it. Long time coming? Uh, yes. Longer than ever. <laughs> um, to be honest, we, we signed on this office two weeks before the pandemic hit last year. We were supposed to be in it at the end of the summer last year, and we finally opened this year on July 12th. Obviously, uh, very fortunate to have uh, landlords here that were willing to work with us and to put us in a position to be successful. Right. Well, we were at 1750 Forest Drive, and this is the old MAFE building for those folks that have been here forever, but it is directly across the street from like the Safeway, kind of near the intersection of Chinkapin Round Road and Forest Drive. Big, beautiful, gray building, and you've got a great facility in the back. But we wanted to talk about Rehab to Perform, and the website for people that want to check it out is rehab2perform.com. And you can put in a slash Annapolis-MD after it, or you can just look for locations, because there are multiple locations. Yes. How did this come about? Uh, It really came about through my experience as a college athlete. So I played lacrosse. Yeah. And I I got to play professional afterwards. But uh, my first real injury was my sophomore year of college at Ohio State. And I had an amazing experience with my PT, the athletic trainer and the strength coach. And through that process, I saw the rehabilitation side where pretty much I was told, hey, this is what you can't do. You might have to have surgery by by the team physician. Uh, And then seeing this synergistic uh, and progressive process in which I was gradually allowed to return to doing things, whether it was at practice, from a lifting standpoint, from a a game standpoint, uh, by these people that I enjoyed the relationship with and the, the, the connectivity, the knowledge gained through the process was something that I could see myself also being a part of someday. I'd always been interested in health, wellness, and fitness. Well, I never really dealt with the injured end of the spectrum, but this is my first exposure there. And I had such a good experience with the return to play process, as we'll call it, or return to sport. Then if you fast forward a couple years, I'm going through PT school and I'm looking for a commercial model that looked somewhat like Ohio State, and it was absent. There was only environments like that that were either reserved for Division One athletics or professional, professional athletes, and that's it. So for me, I was like, why can't we do something similar from a model standpoint and deliver that to the masses, right, your mainstream people? So now we serve the active adult, competitive athletes and people who are trying to be more active with a model that often is seen more in the collegiate and professional world. Interesting. Interesting. Now, did your injury, did that end end your professional athletic career or did, were there aspirations to go professional for you? I never had surgery. And actually, I was fortunate during that season to be able to rehab enough that I played every single game that year. I never had a shoulder issue for the rest of my life. 
to be honest. So I had such a good experience and obviously amazing outcomes as a result uh, of those people and the processes that they they employed with me. Uh, I was able to go reach the professional level. I played two years professionally uh, as I was going throughout uh, the early parts, at least of grad school. And then eventually grad school got to be too much with clinicals and stuff. But who did you play with? I played with the Minnesota Swarm in the, N- in the NLL. So I okay. uh, did that for two years. It was a great experience. Um, one of the things just awesome to say that you did it. Obviously, it's not like one of the major professional sports that people often think of. But to be able to play your sport at the highest possible level is still pretty special. It, it really is. You know, no matter what sport you're into, that's for sure. For sure. For sure. Well, Rehab to Perform has six locations, five locations now. Five locations, yes. Yeah, soon to be six. Soon to be six. Okay, well, where, where are the locations? We started in Frederick. So that was December of 2014. Um, I just, I grew up in Germantown. I went to Poolsville. I was coaching a lot from a, from a lacrosse standpoint. My first business actually was in youth lacrosse with camps, clinics, club teams. That was predominantly Frederick County and Northern Montgomery County. And I had a pretty good you know, community presence, pretty good connectivity while I was there. So it seemed only fitting to when I was finally ready to, to cut the cord uh, and to open up Rehab to Perform to open in Frederick. We then went to Germantown in 2017. So we're almost there for about four years at this point. Then Mount Airy, then Bethesda, then Annapolis, and we'll be opening up up our Columbia office at the end of October or uh, or the beginning of November. That's quite a growth spurt in seven years. We have great people, and when you combine great people, uh, an exceptional culture, and the processes needed to support them, I feel very, very comfortable moving forward, even during a time right now where things are a little bit gray. We'll talk about your great people. What is the experience like coming into Rehab to Perform now? I mean, I've been, I've got a tour of the of the space, and it's it's beautiful, new. The paint still smells fresh, which you know yeah. it's a brand new building. But you you guys are it's a little lot different. I mean, I had a um, you know I had some knee issues several years ago, and and it's not like a, it doesn't look yes like a, like a PT place. I mean, there's no uh, you know Scandinavian heavyset women looking to like make me scream out in pain running around. <laughs> well, I, I think the number one thing, especially when you talk about optics and aesthetics, is the space itself is not sterile. So it does not look like a typical medical environment. Does not look like a hospital it looks more like a fitness facility. So from a psychological standpoint, instead of thinking about all of the things that you can't do, you automatically are thinking about everything that you'll eventually do. So I think sometimes being able to see the end result or the end product as a result of the way that the environment's structured is incredibly important. Um, We have motivational quotes and slogans that are on the walls that I think allow the environment itself to feed into our, our psyche. How do you make sure that you are presenting people with certain things that they're considering? Be greater than yesterday is one of our slogans and you see it every single time when you leave the facility above the door. So you're focused on this idea of self-improvement, which is really what our business should be. It should be a human improvement company. Um, When you go through physical therapy, ideally you're better, not just from a physical standpoint, but, but from a mental and psychological standpoint. You've been educated, you've been empowered through this process to ideally operate differently. You're doing things differently. You're making sure that people uh, are reducing risk 
for future injury, and that is multifactorial. But it does. It starts with the optics and the aesthetics of the space. You know, I just had my little aha moment there when you talked about the psyche getting into it. And I know when I had my quadricep tear going through a traditional physical therapy, I was really, my mind said, I need to get the hell out of here. That was my that was my end goal, okay? This this. I went into it. I said, I'm in a shitty situation. This sucks. I need to get out of here as right. quickly as possible. And they were saying, my gosh, you're, you're so far ahead of where we thought you would be. Right. And I got to think that that has to be, you know, you, you get the mindset to do it. Yes. And that really does help. I mean, that was my aha moment. And they didn't, I don't think that they really conveyed it to me. But when you've got somebody pushing you, I mean, it's the same thing if you're just working out in a gym or with a trainer or something like that. It's, you're going to get much more results. Yes. When you've got somebody pushing you. 100%. And I think... Uh, if at least I'm relating to to your particular situation, um, our role sometimes is often like a coach or a consultant. Yes, we have the medical piece, uh, and that is our profession from a physical therapy standpoint. But if we're not coaching you along the way, if we're not this this consultant that's helping you put the pieces to get from A to Z with regards to A being your original injury and Z being the end stage activities that you're typically used to or that you're looking to get back to, uh, we're, we're missing parts of that process. If I just hand you a sheet and there's not a relationship, there's not motivational moments. There's not conversations about how things uh, are, are carrying over contextually, where you should expect yourself to be, what matters, what allows us to determine whether or not you're ready for certain tasks. You're missing a significant part of the process. It's very multifaceted. It's not just, here's your knee injury, here's your knee sheet, go about your day, show up, do your knee sheet and get out of here. That's a very transactional environment. We like to think of our environment being a lot more transformational because of the fact that we are hitting on so many different uh, little concepts within the umbrella of a physical therapy company. You're six years too late for this town. Where, where, the hell were, where the hell were you back then? Again, I, 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 you, I got the sheet. Went home. Here it is. I mean, you know, they put you on a bike. You do and the say, same okay, thing every time. Here you try, go. Try to pedal 20 things and tell me when you're done. Um, which was which was after. Do you find that you're the way that you do your physical therapy uh, heals people faster, gets them faster? I, I think what it does is it ideally allows people to have the process be individualized and personalized to them. So individualization and personalization allows people to automatically engage more. They are going to be working harder, both in the clinic and outside of the clinic, because they see this service being best fit and tailor-made to them. When you are in an environment where things are seemingly one size fits all, it's probably harder for you to see that direct carryover, see those movements and activities directly relate to what it is that you're going through. A, they're either too hard or B, they're not challenging enough. So it's a lot like a curriculum where we're trying to take people through the curriculum that is best fit for them. Your starting point is different than anybody else, regardless of your surgery that might be the same, but we all have different prerequisites that we walked into that injury with. We have different prerequisites that are still going on after that injury, and we have different tendencies to respond to the same exact exercises. Not everybody responds to squats the same exact way. So it's up to us to kind of make sure that we have these checkpoints and these little benchmarks along the way to ensure that whatever it is that we're doing 
is actually working for you. Just because it worked for somebody else doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for you. So that personalization and individualization, I think, really makes sure that it's speaking to people, that it resonates with them, and that they're more engaged with the service itself and thus being more likely to adhere to whatever plan it is that we put in place that helps us drive the ideal outcomes that we're shooting for. Right, right. How is your offices set up? And are they offices, what are they called? Office facility, you can call it a practice if <laughs> you want, if you get into the business side of things. So, you know, when you walk in, um, you have your front front desk reception area, very similar to a lot of people. Uh, the first place you're typically engaging with is an area that uh, looks a lot more like athletic training tables. You have uh, whiteboards in between those tables, you have the whiteboard specifically because we like to write notes. We like to write your program there. We like to maybe write up things that we're modifying, uh, little websites or maybe things that you could could read uh, on your Snap own a to kind of educate your yourself. <laughs> and you take a picture of it because guess what? Nobody loses their phone, but they lose papers, right? right. So uh, we found that just to be a much more effective way um, at, at, at really just having people stick to whatever it is that, that, we, that we gave them. So after you get to a point where, where you're done doing whatever it is on your table, you could head out to the turf. We usually have at least... Um, I should I should say we always have at least 20 yards length of turf that are anywhere between 12 to feet uh, 15 feet wide. Uh, that could be for uh, anything with running. Um, you could potentially be doing warm up related activities, hopping, jumping, cutting, changing direction, sled. Uh, so this, we, is, we'll this is real turf, so. turf, right? I mean, this real is not turf. this is not yep. just a piece of astroturf glued to the concrete floor. It is it is actual turf. So um, I would say that it still does fall under a category of of astro turf. It is there uh, to present a, a surface that allows people to do certain things that is obviously not on a concrete or, or something a little bit harder. So it's a good introductory surface for a lot of people. And it's a place that, you know, you get some of your people that maybe haven't been on a grass field or turf for a while and they get out there and it automatically, you know, they get a little smile, right? They're bouncing around. They're like, cool, I'm on turf. You know, this is, this is awesome. And then you have the other area of the facility where you have kettlebells, TRX, uh, you know, your standard uh, dumbbells, you have a rogue rig, plyo boxes, rear foot elevated stand, um, anything and everything that you can think of with regards to what a lot of people would term as functional fitness equipment. So uh, a a lot of different ways to challenge ourselves from a body weight standpoint, but enough implements to also challenge yourself to kind of take things to the next level. How do you how do you staff each of your places? I mean, uh, we have mostly physical therapists at our offices. We'll have anywhere usually between four to five at a fully staffed PT place, um, and then we'll also have our student internship running. Uh, our student internship spans from high school to college, all the way to DPT students. Uh, DPT students are on clinical rotations. What's and- DPT? Uh, doctor of physical therapy. So the okay. profession now has transitioned entirely to a uh, clinical doctorate education. It's important, especially in a state like Maryland, because a majority of people come to us with no referral. You don't need a referral for majority of the insurances. We are an unrestricted direct access state. So unrestricted direct access allows you to kind of circumvent these gatekeepers that we used to have. You used to need a referral to go to PT for everything. But if your shoulder hurts, you didn't fall on it, you didn't get in a car wreck, and you have a lot of functionality, but it just hurts, Right? do you really need to go get imaging? Do you really need somebody else to say, hey, go to a PT? Therapy. You just wasted time and money. So why waste a copay and blocking an hour out of your day to potentially go to somebody that's just going to end up pushing you over here anyway? Hey, 
rehab to perform. My shoulder hurts. I want to get on the schedule. All right, let me verify your benefits. Cool. Your insurance is one of many out there that does not require a referral. We verified your benefits. Here's your coinsurance. Here's your copay. Here's your deductible, whatever. We, we tell you exactly what you need. Bring 30 bucks and in, in and you're, you're good to go. Done. You're good to go. So um, ideally making that process have a lot less friction because a lot of people um, will, will feel burdened by more time blocked off, more medical visits, and more payment. So you, you did answer, you do accept insurance, so that's... We do, that, yep, that's we do, we accept, and especially for an area like Annapolis, we are in network with TRICARE, and we're actually a Veterans Affair Community Care Network provider, so people who typically need to just go to the VA, they can actually ask for a referral from a VA physician to go outside of the VA and come see us, which is pretty cool. We're one of a few, only a few places that have that uh, privilege at this point. What are your customers? I mean, the injuries, are they sports injuries? Are they traumatic injuries? Are they just, as you said, I woke up and my neck is sore. (laughs) I'll break it into three buckets for you. One is some kind of uh, potentially overuse. So something's kind of been gradually building up. It doesn't even have to necessarily be overuse. It can just be something that gradually has been bothering me more. It's kind of that slow creep. I have post-operative situations where somebody needed a surgery, and then I have a trauma. Sometimes where I roll my ankle, I fall in an outstretched arm, I bend down to potentially pick something up, and it's a little bit more of a faster presentation with regards to pain and limitation. So those three separate buckets, uh, if I simplify it into things that people are maybe a little bit more familiar with, low back pain, uh, rotator cuff, shoulder impingement, hip labrum, you could have anything from a meniscus, ACL, Achilles injuries, plantar fasciitis, uh, neck pain, whiplash injuries, something that we do that's also unique is uh, we, we have concussion rehabilitation. So when people have a, a concussion that sometimes happens as a result of either a fall, a sporting event, or a car accident, we can treat both the concussion and the neck pain kind of all in one. Interesting. Interesting. Who is your average customer? I mean, is it is it young, old, athletic? Yeah, uh, we, you know, fat, old guys like me, or we, we break know? them into three buckets. Um, we have our competitive athlete. You can think about youth, high school, college. Um, I had a guy from the Dallas Mavericks in today, so we uh, do have professional athletes that sometimes come in. Um, you have your active adult, your person that's regularly running. Maybe they're going to uh, one of the variety of different fitness or boot camp oriented group classes. You have your triathlete, um, obviously the the adult social sport scene that seems to be pretty big here as well. Pickleball seems to be a big sport here in Annapolis. And then you have people that are trying to be active, right? You have people that have had uh, setbacks. Hey, every January 1st comes around, I'm trying to be active and I keep hurting my knee. I keep hurting my back. So hopefully we can help those people peel back the layers because ideally we want people to go from trying to be active to that active bucket, right? We want people to ideally go through this process where eventually they're in that active adult bucket for the rest of their life after spending time with us. Interesting. Well, I was on your website. Again, that's rehab, the number two perform.com. And I saw that you have a R2P Academy. Yes. What's that all about? We teach our peers. So we uh, have a variety of different offerings. Some are in person. Some are over stuff like Zoom. We have your asynchronous or synchronous. I'm not sure how people are familiar with that, but probably with all the online learning, they're pretty familiar with it. So things that are either in real time or recorded uh, in which we're providing uh, education surrounding expertise in the fields of sports and orthopedic physical therapy. So we started that up in the pandemic last year. It's actually gone 
done fairly well. We have cohort three going through for our navigators program. That's a uh, more guided experience through online education. Uh, we have our uh, course where we're teaching in Miami uh, in two weekends. That's an in-person course. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then we are putting the finishing touches on that asynchronous uh, course in which people can purchase it and kind of go through on a self-paced level. Okay, but, so this is other people that are in the industry, per yes. se. I mean, this could be like a trainer at a college or a high school in the athletic department that wants to know. Yep, athletic trainer, uh, physical therapist, chiropractor. Uh, we've had strength and conditioning professionals, but this is us presenting uh, thought leadership that uh, we have created, you know, our intellectual property that we've created in terms of how we do things at rehab to perform. Right. I want to just step back a little bit. You, we talked about the doctor of physical therapy. Now, do you have, I mean, are all of your physical therapist doctors or is that? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. So they all are at this point. Um, you know, we, we do have a younger staff. They really didn't have an option. Uh, when I was going through school. So I can't, just, be, I can't go and just become a physical therapist. Uh, you have to go through and get your clinical doctorate at this point. So oh, it's, okay. it's, it's either two and a half or three years after undergraduate. And they did that because unrestricted direct access. So if you come to me and I'm not familiar with f pharmacology and uh, uh, able to do differential diagnosis, I don't know how to understand how medications are affecting certain people. I also don't know when you're not appropriate for my environment. Sometimes you come into me with something and I go, you know what? This is not a PT thing. I need to know when to tag. So if you come to me directly, I'm almost serving a primary care role. So I need to be able to comb through certain things and go, you know what? This person's actually not appropriate for me. I'm going to tag you now. So now I'm becoming a referral source. Okay. So that education level just had to go up a little bit so, higher. So you're not diagnosing an illness per se, but you just need to know whether it's appropriate and how it fits into the whole being to be able to yep. get out of that third bucket. And by the way, I've yep. noticed that you like work your life in three buckets, it seems. You've used that euphemism three yeah. three or four times during your... Yes. We got three buckets. We got three buckets. It's an easier way to think. Sometimes we need to categorize <laughs> stuff. It's just a little bit easier way to think. But for you, like, yeah, we're not diagnosing everything, but we have an appreciation for the fact that there are other areas in which we don't have proficiency. We don't have expertise. We need to understand that sometimes something does not actually fall under our... Uh, area of expertise. If you come to me and there is something that is a red flag that somebody else needs to look at, I need to know that it's a red flag. Otherwise, you would be potentially wasting your time with me and potentially missing something that could come at a cost to you. And that could be like a neurological thing or something along those lines. That's yes, there. neurological. Wow. I mean, you could have tumor, cancer, cysts, uh, something... Uh, a little bit more serious, you know, maybe there's something that yeah. you need to go check out where, you know, maybe there's cancer or something. It sounds like you're on, an integral so. part of the whole medical world. Yeah, we need person. to be able to comb through stuff and know whether or not somebody actually can benefit from our environment. And if you can't benefit from our environment, then we need to pass you on and say, hey, I want you to at least rule this out. Maybe you come back to us, but you at least need to go here and rule this out before you come back and see me. Sure. What's in the future? I mean, you said we've got Columbia that's getting ready to open up. When's that going to open? Uh, end of October, early November, somewhere okay. in that range. They and that's gave number us, six, right? Yes. They gave us October 22nd, but I always take that stuff with a grain of salt. It's it, it's. Uh, <laughs> well, just out of curiosity, yeah. when did the city of Annapolis tell you? When you <laughs> 
<laughs> um, you know, that honestly went pretty well. We had, we had a two week lag and that was it. I, I really can't complain. And I'm appreciative of, of what our landlord was able to do to just to help us navigate through. We could have opened last summer. Absolutely. We would have hemorrhaged, uh, financially. Uh, it would, it just would not have been a very, very good start for us. So I'm, I'm appreciative that they were able to kind of meet us halfway. We had to compromise a little bit. Um, and, and we're in a good spot. So, yeah. but outside of that, moving forward, we, are only going to grow as much as our metrics allow us. Growing sounds great, but if you don't grow with intent and you don't grow uh, with a certain quality that people have come to expect from you, then that can obviously come at, uh, at a cost to the, the team and everything that they've created. So we're going to continue to let metrics guide us. We have a balanced dashboard that we continue to look at to make sure that we're delivering things the way that we we have become accustomed to at other offices. Um, but at this point, uh, you know, the rest of this year and, and next year will be, will be fairly aggressive. We will have other offices beyond Columbia, but at some point we might need to kind of stabilize a little bit, refocus, work on things. I mentioned the word process earlier. I feel confident that we have a lot of the right people that will continue to be able to join us, especially as a result of our internship program. Um, but we have to make sure that the process continually refines because when you go from 35 to 36 people to 50 people next year, things are different, right? That's a third, about a third more uh, people that, that you'll be adding to the fray. So, you know, you just want to make sure that the company continues to evolve and the systems and processes continue to, to support the people that you're adding. Right. What other areas are you looking at? Any particular regions, Northern Virginia, Hawaii, Maui, Tahiti? We, oh man. <laughs> uh, you know, we want to be, uh, you know, a, a regional presence in the DMV. So we're, uh, we're in the M part of the DMV right okay. now, and, and we're going to, just continue to look around and, and make sure that we're able to put ourselves in in places to be successful. Um, Annapolis feel very very comfortable with that. Columbia feel very very comfortable with that. Uh, there's a lot of places that are appealing in this area, and then both in the D uh, and the V side of the of the DMV. So we're, we're we're exploring opportunities, but nothing's nothing's set in stone at this point. Well, we need to keep an eye on it, and we want to go to rehab the number two perform com, and you can probably click on the locations to see what comes after. After Columbia, after they open up in October, and I want to, th- you know, thank you, Doctor Funk. Absolutely, that sounds weird, Doctor Funk. <laughs> awesome. Sounds like you'd be a, like a, a band or something like that. But, I got uh, the nickname Funk Doctor in middle school, actually, so it's kind of like a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. Um, but but yeah. we're with Doctor Josh Funk, who is the founder of Rehab to Perform here at the Annapolis office. Again, it's seventeen fifty. Forest Drive. It's the new building on the right as you're heading out of town, or the new building on the left as you head right in town on Forest Drive. Uh, great facility. If you are injured, if you're feeling a little stiff, this is uh, a place you definitely want to check out. And you're absolutely right. It looks totally different. Uh, you know, the first time I walked in there, I felt like, well, I probably should be shagging some balls or something like that, <laughs> with, uh, as opposed to, you know, laying on the table, getting bent in directions that are not particularly <laughs> the way we're supposed to be bent. Yeah, yeah. But thank you very much for your time today. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here in Annapolis. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.